Welcome, everyone, to the Veterans News Hour with David Corey and Richard Hurley, a national news and talk program dedicated to military veterans' issues. And now, your hosts, David Corey and Richard Hurley. Good evening. Welcome to the Veterans News Hour for Monday, January the 17th, 2022. This is Air Force veteran David Corey along with my co-host Richard Hurley. We have lots of news and information for veterans and their families, so hope you'll stay tuned. Let's first start with uh, Richard Hurley. Hello, Rick. How you doing? What's new? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well there, David. <clears throat> I know the, us, our, our northern friends don't want to hear this, but it's been uh, freaking cold here in the central part, part of Florida. I don't know how you're doing down there, closer to Tampa, but uh, it's pretty cold and, and windy, so got ourselves a little bit of winter. Uh, other than that, uh, just uh, working hard and trying to help our vets like we've always been doing for so many years. I want to remind everybody that this is a call-in show. By that, I mean you can call us and you can ask any questions you want about your veteran situation. Maybe you're a family of a, of a veteran. Uh, maybe you're dealing with the VA. Maybe you're dealing with the Board of Veteran Appeals. Maybe you don't even know how to get to the VA or the Board of Veteran Appeals. Whatever your situation might be, this is a perfect time for you to call David and I and, and uh, let us uh, help you uh, figure out what may be uh, uh, some of your issues. You know, I know uh, some of our Camp Lejeune veterans, you're out there and you tune in. Uh, the water contamination issues, you, you may have some issue, uh, some questions. Give us a call. We always, you know, the burn pits, the Iraqi, Afghanistan veterans who were exposed to the burn pits. You know, give us a call. Let's talk about your burn pit situation and any maybe uh, any disabilities that you're dealing with. And that number, get your pen and paper right now, is one triple eight six two seven six zero zero eight. Again, that number is one triple eight six two seven six zero zero eight. Just pick up the phone. Uh, dial the number, and uh, our producer will put you through to David and myself, and um, we'll, we'll see what we can do to kind of help you out. And, and you know, when you when you call in and help other and, and talk about your situation, you're helping out other veterans as well. So we're all in this thing together, called trying to get disability compensation from the VA, which we all know is an extremely difficult and prolonged process. Having said that, I'm going to flip it back to David because we're going to get into our first topic. Well, thanks, Rick. Um, the first uh, segment, a uh, major part of the show, is uh, going to be dedicated to the VA's caregiver support program. It's important news for serious, di seriously disabled veterans and their family caregivers. As many of you uh, may know, the VA's caregiver program has gone through changes in recent years and also has been very controversial among veterans and veteran groups for the way it has denied coverage and actually kicked families off the program after the families have been on the program. And uh, the basic idea of the program, which was established as part of federal law by Congress, was to recognize the fact that many seriously disabled veterans um, live in their homes, are cared for by by their spouses or other close family members who uh, uh, often then have to, you know, sacrifice being able to uh, 
uh, earn a living when the family needs it. Uh, the veteran may have disability compensation, but it, uh, it may not go very far or far enough to support a family. So Congress created this uh, caregiver support program. VA then created regulations and implemented it. And uh, there have been many critics of the program. We've had guests on our show over the last five years talking about that. And I wanted to provide uh, an update, as we always say. Uh, you know, we want to stay up with uh, with changes in developments, and this is an area that's that's continuing to evolve. So the information I have here is um, courtesy of the National Veterans Legal Services Program, NVLSP, an outstanding organization. It, along with law firms uh, Public Counsel and Paul Hastings, LLP, uh, they've created a website to provide information uh, for seriously disabled veterans and their family caregivers about how to navigate uh, appeals of benefits decisions under the VA's um, program. The, the official name of the program is the Program of Comprehensive Assistance for Family Caregivers, or most people refer to it as the Caregiver Program or Caregiver Support Program. Uh, National Veterans Legal Services Program, along with those two law firms, created that website as part of their role as the attorneys in the landmark um, case, uh, Bodette versus McDonough, which in April of this past year, 2021, won for veterans and caregivers the right to appeal caregiver decisions to the Board of Veterans' Appeals, also referred to as the BVA or the Board. Let me give you quick background. Uh, before this decision... Under the regulations created by the VA, uh, the decisions about whether to grant participation in this caregiver support program was made on the VA uh, health administration side as opposed to the benefit administration side of the VA. And as part of the procedures, um, there was a right to an appeal, but it was strictly within the medical side and uh, what we were finding and what veteran groups and veterans were finding was that uh, those so-called appeals were unbelievably superficial rubber stamps of previous decisions with thousands of uh, families being denied or kicked off prog the program with, um, with hardly any, of, any explanation whatsoever. And they did not have the right to appeal to the Board of Veterans' Appeals or above that. <clears throat> so... This landmark decision, uh, April of 2021, won for veterans and their caregivers the right to appeal to the Board of Veteran Appeals. Now, here's the website uh, that uh, you may want to write down. It's vacaregiverclassaction.com. Again, the website is vacaregiverclassaction.com. I'll repeat it one more time. Uh, the website is va caregiverclassaction.com. It has important information about this class action lawsuit, uh, the Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims decision, and how to appeal caregiver program uh, decisions. Amanda uh, Petrosati, who's the supervising staff attorney at uh, Public Counsel Center for Veterans Advancement, said, and I quote, the website's an important step in gaining veterans and caregivers access to the resource and information that they need to secure the benefits they deserve, unquote. 
According to the NVLSP press release, all veterans and family caregivers who applied for benefits under this program during the entire period of the program are allowed to appeal any decision to the Board of Veteran Appeals. Uh, for claimants who appealed, the board could decide they're entitled to reinstatement in the program or increased benefits and or back pay of the benefits uh, previously denied. Under this uh, court decision, the Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims held uh, basically that the law requires the VA to permit claimants to appeal those decisions to the board. And the court also ordered the VA to provide notice to members of, the, of this class, it was the class action, of their right to appeal caregiver uh, program benefit decisions to the board. So as a result, starting two months ago, on November the 17th, 2021, the VA began sending notices to hundreds of thousands. That shows you how many people are affected by this. Hundreds of thousands of severely disabled veterans and their caregivers. Uh, the, the Court of Appeals also certified a class of claimants who previously received caregiver benefits but were not permitted to appeal to the board and appointed class counsel to represent the class. Uh, so this is, it was a huge decision. Now here's some unfortunate news as part of this update. Um, a little more than a month ago, on Friday, December the 3rd, 2021, the Biden administration appealed the Bodet decision to the next higher court, which is the United States Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit. Uh, in the opinion of the NVLSP and other law firms representing the veterans and their families, that's a very unfortunate decision. It means the Biden administration wasn't accepting uh, the decision of the Veterans Court. And... Um, we don't know how that's actually going to unfold. However, months before that, in September, the National Veterans Legal Services Program and the other veteran service organizations had sent a letter to the House Committee on Veterans Affairs and the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee, their leadership, expressing support for the BODET decision and disapproval of any legal or legislative effort to undo the court decision. So, obviously, as we know, the Biden administration disregarded the, uh, the input, the feedback, from all these veteran organizations and went ahead and they've appealed the BODET decision. So we'll see what, what happens. Uh, the National Legal uh, Services uh, Program Director of Litigation, Renee Burbeck, said in this press release, and again I quote, for years VA has rejected or kicked veterans and caregivers out of the caregiver program for illegal or incorrect reasons or no reason at all. The BODET decision is a pivotal decision because it recognizes that veterans and their caregivers are entitled to appeal to the board and the courts when the VA wrongfully denies them caregiver program benefits. So that's some background uh, of, of this development, of this both so decision. David, Go ahead. Let, let me ask you here then, what is this lawsuit, lawsuit all about? Okay, well, the Baudette lawsuit was originally filed claiming that veterans and caregivers who applied for benefits under this caregiver program uh, must be allowed to appeal any denial of benefits to the Board of Veterans' Appeals. Uh, in April of 2021, uh, the Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims agreed with the petitioners, uh, Marine Corps veteran Jeremy Baudet and his wife, Maya, and they ruled that the VA must permit appeals to the board. Uh, and that's, that's a really important thing because, as I said earlier, what veterans and their families were finding was that the existing so-called appeal, which was strictly within the VA medical channels, uh, was extremely superficial. 
the, the denial letters might offer a sentence or two as a so-called reason for denial or for kicking people off the program when they'd already been. Uh, so this, this is a very important way to protect the rights of veterans and their families. So then who's included in the class? Okay, well, this class and this class action lawsuit includes, quote, all claimants who received an adverse benefits decision under the caregiver program, who had exhausted the administrative review process within the Veteran Health Administration, and who have not been afforded the right to appeal to the Board of Veteran Appeals. After the court's decision, the VA agreed to let all claimants who received a benefits decision appeal to the board whether or not they exhausted administrative remedies within the VHA. Now, that means if you ever received a benefits decision under the caregiver program, you can now appeal uh, to the board. So that's uh, it's, it's a very important um, uh, decision, and uh, it's it's one of of, of uh, that will affect hopefully in a positive way because Rick. You know, you and I have done a lot of cases before the Board of Veteran Appeals, and I think you probably agree that in recent years, board decisions have been more and more thorough and uh, seem to have applied the law uh, more accurately. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So how do, you know, what do I have to do, or should I put it this way, do I have to do anything to be included in the class? Let's say I'm a veteran. Uh, You don't have to do anything to be included in the class. The, The Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims certified this class in its April 2021 decision. Uh, if you're a member of the class, you don't have to do anything to be represented by the class council. Even if you're not a member of the class, if you ever, if you have ever applied for caregiver program benefits and received a decision, then you are still entitled to appeal the decision of the Board of Veteran Appeals. So you reap the benefits. If, if you, a disabled veteran, um, and or your caregiver, were denied benefits or kicked off the program after being admitted to it, then you have that right to appeal to the board. So a lot of times we have issues with the VA, and, you know, let's say I applied for the caregiver program benefits, but I have not received a notice from the VA about my right to appeal, then what should I do? If you received a decision uh, dated on or after September 28th of 2021, uh, then you should have received information about your right to appeal with your with that decision. Uh, you will not receive a separate notice about your right to appeal. However, if you received a uh, a decision, a caregiver program benefit decision, any time before September 28th of 2021, um, the VA is now supposed to send you a notice about your appeal rights. Uh, the VA is sending these notices out over a period of several months and it expects the process uh, to take until June of 2022, which tells you, you know, how many hundreds of thousands of files are going through and uh, will need to receive letters. And, Rick, you and I know we've talked about this the last month or so on the show, is that the VA mail system is really um, discombobulated. Uh, letters are being printed out and mailed by the VA's contractor sometimes taking four to eight weeks from the date of the letter to actually then end up in the mail. So there's that problem, too. But um, the, the other part, the way to answer your question is there's there's really no cause for concern, though, if you've not received a notice prior to June of this year. Uh, you can, um, 
And it's also important, though, that you need to keep your address updated with the VA. You can either do that online if you have a VA.gov account or through the mail. You can go to VA.gov forward slash change dash address. Um, uh, the good news, though, is if you had an adverse decision in the past, you don't have to wait to receive the VA notice to to start appealing. You can appeal to the board or seek more information at any time prior to or after uh, receiving the notice. And, and uh, an excellent starting point is the website um, that I mentioned earlier, uh, which is vacaregiverclassaction.com. That's not a VA website. It's a, v, it's a website that was started by the National Veteran Legal Service Program and uh, two law firms they were working with, Public Counsel and Paul Hastings, LLP. Again, that's vacaregiverclassaction.com. Uh, so you can, you can uh, go to that website and um, uh, you can actually read the Bodette decision. You can download the form that you need to appeal. You can download the form that you can use to request information from the VA to disclose information about your case. A lot of good stuff there. So who can appeal to the board? Um, That's the basically, board all, claimants, all claimants who received a benefit decision under the caregiver program um, can appeal. For example, uh, there are a lot of issues that could be appealed, like whether or not the primary family caregiver is entitled to a higher stipend level. A stipend is basically financial compensation that the primary caregiver, often the spouse, is paid uh, basically to, um, uh, you know, for, for being a caregiver. It's in lieu of having to hire a full-time or part-time caregiver to come to the home. Uh, that's the whole purpose of the stipend. But there's two, there's, there's multiple tiers of the stipend. So sometimes it's an issue of whether the caregiver program has has awarded the proper amount. Um, so that includes not only eligibility for a stipend, but the level. And also the fundamental issue of whether the veteran is entitled to participate in the caregiver program at all. Um, the VA has denied a lot, and they've kicked off veterans that have been on the program. Um, also another issue, which uh, which is common, is whether the the VA was wrong in having uh, discharged the primary caregiver or the veteran from the program, or whether it's in the best interest of the veteran to, to continue to participate. These are just some examples, but you're not limited uh, to those uh, issues. Um, so it sounds good to me. So how do I appeal? Okay, to appeal a decision under this primary, under the uh, caregiver program, uh, first you need to figure out the specific issue or issues, plural, you'd like to appeal. And uh, <clears throat> you also need to know the date of the decision that you're appealing. You can appeal more than one decision, but you need to identify each decision you're appealing uh, by including, among other things, the, the date of the decision. Now, you know the VA, uh, like a lot of government agencies, functions on forms. And uh, they've got forms for this appeal. And the proper form depends on the the date of the decision you're appealing. If it, if the decision you're appealing was on or after February 19, 2019, which corresponds to 
the effective date of the Appeals Modernization Act for the VA, then you then you can appeal to the board by filling out a VA form 101-82. It's called Decision Review Request Board Appeal, Notice of Disagreement, and you send it directly to the board. Uh, that form is rather brief. It has detailed instructions with it. It's best that you get, uh, you consult with experienced representation, whether it's a veteran service officer or an attorney or one of the veteran groups like veteran warriors that have devoted a lot of uh, resources and expertise into this program. Now, if the decision was before February 19, 2019, then there's a different form. And this is all, these forms are all available on the website I mentioned before, VA Caregiver classaction.com. That's a, so any decision before February 19, 2019, it's a VA form 10-307. You know, David, we, we, we always hear these uh, things about deadlines. So when do I need to file my appeal to the board? Okay. Now, if you receive the notice of, a, of your right to appeal to the board with a copy of the decision, you have one year from the date of that notice. But you, if, if you did not receive a notice of your right to appeal, probably because the denial was was before last September or or may have been a number of years ago, uh, then the good news is that one-year deadline does not apply. However, if you want to appeal, uh, the Class Action Council recommends you file your appeal as soon as you have enough information to fill out the correct form. Uh, so. David, you know, we, we talk about the, the mail the mail problem at the VA. What if you know there's a, a mail issue? You know, I don't get I don't get my my letter from the VA in time. What do you think? Well, if, if what's, you want what's to my appeal, remedy then? Well, if you want to appeal, for instance, if you know that that there was an unfavorable action, either you were denied participation with the caregiver program, or you were kicked off after being uh, admitted to it but you don't have enough information to fill out the notes of the screening form, then you can ask the VA for for the decisions. And there's a form you can fill out. It's on that same website, vacaregiverclassaction.com is the website. And it's a form 10-306, request for information about the program of comprehensive assistance for family caregivers. That's a long title, but there's actually they've actually figured out that they need to have a specific form for requesting information. So the form has instructions with it. So there's nothing simple, you know. This is nothing simple in the life, and this program uh, with... Uh, I've had some limited contact with it from uh, from helping or trying to help uh, a couple veterans and their families, and, um, you know, and also listening to some of the guests we've had on the program over the past few years. Uh, it, it's a program where uh, very often the veteran and the caregivers thought, oh, I'm a shoe-in for this program. There's no way I'm going to get denied, and they go through the process. It's very easy, believe it or not, to start up. You can apply for this online. And they they get uh, suckered into thinking like, oh, yeah, we're a shoe and we're going to get accepted. And then when they get the decision, it's a denial and they're really not given much of an explanation other than, you know, you just don't meet the criteria or something like that when, you know, it's, it's baffling. And uh, the same thing for, I mean, the VA kicked off the program thousands and thousands 
of, of people that have been on the program, telling some of them, well, you've graduated from the program. Well, how do you graduate when you still are severely disabled and your disabilities haven't gone away? You know, mm-hmm. in other words, they were trying to suggest it was some sort of like a rehab program that you could complete. It wasn't like that at all. So, so you know, David, let's say I've got more than one benefit decision. You know, I'm kind of looking at this stuff and now I don't know where to go or what to do. Uh, which decision can I appeal? You can appeal all the decisions that you disagree with. You just need to identify each decision you're appealing on the appropriate uh, disagreement form. And uh, I mean that, that's the key. That's why you may want to talk to a representative, veteran service officer or an accredited attorney, an accredited agent, or one of these organizations like Veteran Warriors and uh, and get some help. You know, uh, oftentimes when I'm interviewing a veteran for the first time, their their memory of what they have done in the past sometimes isn't isn't all that clear, and trying to get some information uh, from them can be can be difficult. So let's say a veteran receives a notice from the from the VA, but the veteran doesn't remember applying for the benefits under the caregiver program. What should the veteran do? Again, what you want to do is. Uh... Get all the information you can that the VA has on your case, and uh, you can use that form I mentioned before, which is the 10-306 form, which you can download, uh, again, from from the website, um, vacaregiverclassaction.com. So the forms are all there on the on that. There are, the forms are also, by the way, I don't want to ignore the VA itself, the VA does have its own official website for this program, and it's pretty easy to remember. It's called caregiver.va.gov, caregiver.va.gov. You can go on that website, and it summarizes what the program's about. You can apply online. You can also apply by filling out a form and mailing it in. You can fill out the form and take it into your local uh, VA uh, hospital and talk to uh, the name of the local um but you can find on that website the name of the local uh, coordinator for this program at your hospital, your, at your nearest VA hospital. So it's, Dave, it's uh, go ahead. You, you've done an incredible job of simplifying this program, which should be a pretty basic thing for our veterans to be able to do. However, you know and I know we get calls all the time from veterans who say that they've been in the process of trying to do, whether it's their VA claim or whatever, for years, and they never got anywhere. And they finally throw their hands up and they say, help. And they want help filing the So in this case, with the caregiver program, they want help filing the appeal. The appeal. Who should they contact? Well, you can uh, talk to a veteran service organization representative like American Legion, VFW, AMVETS. There's quite a few. An accredited attorney or an agent that's accredited by the VA to represent uh, veterans and um a list of both the organizations and accredited individuals can be found on the VA's website. Uh, it's va.gov uh, forward slash OGC, which is Office of General Counsel, forward slash APPS, A-P-P-S, forward slash accreditation, forward slash index. I know that's a long website, but if you Google VA. Um, accredited attorneys, for instance, it'll bring up what you're looking for is the VA's Office of General Counsel, the OGC's website. 
and uh, you can actually search for a VA-recognized veteran organization or VA-accredited individuals, either agents or attorneys, on that website, on the Office of General Counsel's website. And you can search, obviously, by state, uh, by zip code, and uh, that's, that's another way. But another great organization is Veteran Warriors uh, that uh, we've had uh, guests on our show. The late uh, Lauren Price was our guest many times. She was truly a national expert, testified before Congress about this program. Holly Farrell, uh, who is was with the organization, she's also truly a national expert on this program. She was on our show uh, as well <clears throat> a couple years ago, so... There's a lot of people out there, and, um, you know, those are some starters. What if I sent my request in for more information about the caregiver program using the form you've talked about, 10-306, but the VA has not responded, which can happen. Uh, that That's not an unreasonable thing to, to, to think. Uh, what should I do? Well, this is where the, the class... Uh, Class action law lawyers, what they call the class counsel, uh, they want to know and give them a call. Uh, if you have your pen and paper again, the class action lawsuit attorneys for this, their toll free number is 1 888 487 5511. Again, the class action lawsuit attorneys for this caregiver support program is 1 888-487-5511. Give them a call because they need to know, and they want to know, the extent that the VA is not complying with this, with this, uh, with this decision, with the Baudet decision. And is there a caregiver support line? Um, yeah, there is. That, that, that was the uh, class council number. Yeah, yeah, there's a different number, um, and this is the VA. I already gave you the VA's website. This is the VA's official website, again, for the Caregiver Support Program. It's caregiver.va.gov, and you can also call the Caregiver Support Line uh, for more information or assistance. That number is toll-free, 1-855-260. Three two seven four. So the VA's caregiver support line is one eight five five two six zero three two seven four. And ladies and gentlemen out there listening to our show, if you can't get through all those numbers, give David a call. He seems like he's got this well versed. <laughs> or give Rick a call. Yeah, but if you want again, if you want to talk to the class action lawyers for this Bodet case, which does not include me. You can reach them again, uh, toll-free, 1-888-487-5511. And again, the website, um, I don't mind being redundant. Some people think I'm a redundant person, but here we go. The class action website is vacaregiverclassaction.com. That's vacaregiverclassaction.com. Again, it was maintained and created by the by the attorneys in the case, Bodette versus McDonough. It's not a website of the VA. If you want the VA's website, that, that's uh, the one I gave you before, caregiver.va.gov. Uh, the website does not represent any endorsement by the VA of 
of the policies or activities of the class action attorneys. Uh, it provides general information about the court's decision and the Bodette class action lawsuit and what it means for class members. Uh, these attorneys represent the, the class of veterans and caregivers in the U.S. Court of Appeals of Veterans Claims, uh, but does not represent class members in their individual applications or appeals. That's why, as I mentioned before, that um, if you think you're going to need individual help, uh, reach out uh, to an individual representative or a group like Veteran Warriors. So I hope this information has been uh, been helpful. Just to just sort of recap for for those that um, uh, may want more information about the program itself, maybe this is the first time you've heard about the Caregiver Support Program. You have no idea what it's about. A good starting point is the VA's website. It's caregiver.va.gov, and uh, this program is basically uh, for eligible veterans, in other words, that meet the somewhat bureaucratic criteria for this program, that uh, suffered or aggravated a serious injury in line of duty um, in, in certain time frames. And this is where it sounds a little weird, but I'll explain why it is this way. The, the, the two generations of veterans that are now covered by this program are the post-9-11 veterans and the Vietnam and earlier veterans. So if you served between the Vietnam generation and 9-11, you're kind of on hold right now until later this year when the program will be further expanded. So, again, it goes back to the point, there's nothing simple in life. But it, right now, the program was first started for the post-9-11 veterans. Then they realize, well, what about all the Vietnam and Korea and World War II veterans that are still around? Yeah, they are now covered. Eligibility basically is this. If, if the veteran has sustained or aggravated a serious injury or a serious illness in line of duty, and they meet um, both of, of two general criteria, and that is that they have a single or combined service-connected disability rating by the VA of 70% or more, and, and this is what catches a lot of people, because a lot of veterans, Rick, you and I know, there's a lot of veterans out there with either a single combined rating of 70%, and they might think, hey, I'm, you know, I'm in like Flint, this is easy. No, here's the catch. They also must be in need of personal care services, requiring in-person personal care services for the activity of daily living like being able to uh, take care of themselves, feeding, personal hygiene, being able to dress themselves, those sort of things, for a minimum of six continuous months based on any one of the following, an inability to perform an activity of daily living, what they call ADLs, um, or a need for supervision, protection, or instruction. You know, there's a lot of veterans out there with traumatic brain injury uh, or psychological disability on the outside, they may look perfectly fine, but they are not able, they are, they are, it's not safe for them to be left alone, basically, because of their traumatic brain injury or their post-traumatic stress, what have you. So those are the general criteria. Now, um, what are some of the, 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 the benefits of this program? In other words, what does this program do for the veteran and, and the family member? Okay, well, if approved for this program, the veteran will first select one primary, the main caregiver, and then up to two secondary caregivers who will kind of serve as a backup to support the primary caregiver. The primary caregiver may be 
uh, the spouse, for instance, all right? If you're the primary caregiver and you're approved, then you receive a number of different um, areas of support. First of which is very important is a monthly stipend, money, in other words, is paid directly to the caregiver as the caregiver. Also, access to health care insurance uh, through a program called CHAMP VA, which is Civilian Health and Medical Program of the Department of the VA, CHAMP VA program, if they don't already have health insurance, and that's important because if, if they weren't able to work in, in their in their private sector job or whatever job they had, government job, they lost their health insurance, now they need health insurance. They're also eligible for mental health counseling because being a caregiver full-time can take a toll on a person. Also, uh, certain travel benefits when traveling with the veteran to medical appointments, for instance, and also at least 30 days of respite care per year. Uh, for the, uh, the respite is a short-term relief for someone who's, in other words, for someone else to care for the veteran while the primary is taking a break. If you're a, sec- if you're a secondary caregiver, uh, you receive all those things, but you don't receive the stipend. And you might be asking yourself, well, gee, how much is this stipend? How much is this financial uh, payment? Again, we're dealing with the government, so they've got their rules here. Uh, the VA bases stipend payments on the definition of monthly stipend rate uh, per the Office of Personnel Management. An annual rate for, if you were like a government employee, federal government employee of grade four, step one based on the locality pay in which you reside. Uh, so, and you might say, well, what, again, what does that mean? Let's take the example the VA gives is if you live in Dallas, Texas area, for instance. Uh, the 2020 monthly stipend for the primary family caregiver was $33,638 a year, which is basically about $2,800 and change per month. All right, that's, that's the stipend uh, for the primary full-time caregiver. They do have, um, uh, that's what they call level two. They have level level one, which is 62.5%. As you can see, I'm, I'm getting into, you can get into the weeds of this program very quickly and be overwhelmed with the minutia. Uh, but uh, two good starting points, again, go to the VA's uh, website, um, caregiver.va. Gov, or this um, outside website by the class action attorneys, which is vacaregiverclassaction.com. So, ton of information there, Rick. I hope it's been helpful, and uh, I, I encourage veterans uh, who may think that they're eligible for this to look into it, and certainly if they've have already experienced problems with this program, they're going to already appreciate uh how helpful this is going to be that they have the right to an appeal to the board. So Great okay stuff. Rick. Good job. And let's uh in other news, the National Veterans Legal Service Program, the NVLSP.org, wants veterans and their families to know that it has a new dedicated burn pits claim assistant program, Burn Pits CAP CAP. Uh, this program marks a major expansion of the free legal representation at the NVLSP has provided to veterans and their survivors over the last 40 years. The burn pits cap will assist veterans expose the toxic emissions from burn pits while serving overseas by representing them on claims for disability benefits before the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs, VA. Open burn pits located near military bases were commonly used by the U.S. military departments 
in Southwest Asia to dispose of assorted waste and other matter. The Department of Defense and the VA agree that the smoke and fumes emitted from these burn pits contain numerous toxic chemicals. Over 240,000 veterans and service members have documented their exposure in the VA's Airborne Hazard and Open Burn Pit Registry. Despite its recognition that burn pits located on numerous military bases emitted toxic chemicals, the VA has thus far denied over 75% of the disability claims based on burn pit exposure. The Burn Pit Claims Assistance Program is a natural extension of the NVLSP's legal expertise and tenacity in fighting for veterans and their families to ensure they receive the life-changing benefits they need and deserve, said NVLSP Executive Director Paul Wright. NVLSP has a solid record of defending the rights of veterans with chronic illnesses due to their exposure during the military service to toxic chemicals. The most significant example is NEMA versus the United States Department of Veteran Affairs. This is a class action lawsuit brought on behalf of all all Vietnam veterans and their survivors who had been or would be denied VA benefits for conditions associated with exposure to Agent Orange. In this historic case, the federal court invalidated the VA Agent Orange compensation rule and approved a consent decree requiring VA to pay retroactive disability disability and death benefits. As a result of the consent decree and four successful motions for enforcement, the VA has, VA has been forced to pay over $4.6 billion in VA compensation benefits to Vietnam veterans and their survivors. NVLSP's work on behalf of the Vietnam veterans exposed to Agent Orange underscores the organization's ability to tackle the burn pits issue, often said as Agent Orange equivalent for post-9-11 veterans. To learn more about NVLSP burn pits claims assistance program, go to their website. Very simple, nvlsp.org. NVLSP is also a steadfast advocate for legislation that would grant presumption coverage for veterans with burn pits exposure. You know, David, it's pretty alarming when uh, you hear that the VA has has denied over 75% of the disability claims based on burn pit exposure. You you, you and I have dealt for years with uh, these men and women who've come back from Southwest Asia with various uh, uh, disabilities which clearly were uh, associated with these burn pits. And, you know, just hearing their uh, their stories and the extent of their exposure, it's uh, it's just an incredible thing that uh, the VA has turned around and denied these these men and women who, who were over there and exposed to that toxic environment. So what do you think? Yep, and... Um... If you get a chance, watch the uh, the documentary. Uh, it's called "Delay, Deny, Hope You Die: How America Poisoned Its Soldiers." It was uh, it was uh, released in uh, the fall of 2017, and uh, it's about a 50 minute documentary. The producer is Greg Lovett. It was based on a book by the same title, and uh, I think it's an excellent visual depiction of a very real problem and uh as you'll see if you if you watch the film you know, and if you don't I'll describe it for you so these burn pits were often the size of several football fields and they were burning 24 hours a day every single day and uh they were often very close to very large installations of of our personnel 
and everything, every type of garbage, waste, toxic substance was being burned, was being thrown into these pits. Because, you know, the military, some of these large bases in Iraq and Afghanistan were the size of of a small city, generates a lot of waste. So they'd put them in these burn pits and just put jet fuel on them to ignite them, and then then they'd burn. And you could see in the film that uh, some of these pits would just generate tremendous amount of very dark black smoke that, depending on the winds, would would hang over the um, the base area like fog almost, and it was really surprising. So, of course, these service members are breathing this garbage in, and uh, these are all healthy young men and women, and they come back from, you know, months or a year over there, and now they have all sorts of respiratory problems. Some of them develop cancers that are really uh, unusual for someone their age or life experience. And this is all documented. You know, there are doctors interviewed in this documentary and that are reported in this book, uh, Delay, Deny, Hope You Die, How America Poisoned Its Soldiers. That's the book that, that was that was written um, that gave Greg Lupp the idea to make this film. So check out the book, check out the film, and you'll see what we're talking about if you're not already familiar with it. But if you're a veteran that served over there, uh, you'll know. <clears throat> so what's a shame, in my opinion, is that Congress, because we have such an incompetent Congress, Congress has not done the hard work of holding hearings and then um, passing legislation that would create um, presumption, in other words, that if a veteran has served over there, develops one or more of a list of identified illnesses or cancers, that it will be presumed that those were caused by exposure to these toxic substances, the pollutants. Uh, that's what's happened with uh, the Agent Orange exposure of Vietnam veterans. That's what happened to some extent with the Camp Lejeune toxic water issue, although in that case, Congress partly did its job by creating a presumptive list for health care, but then they punted the issue over to the VA for the VA then to study it, to come up with some regulations. And uh, we know anytime you give the VA, you when Congress gives its authority over to the VA to study something, and then come up with regulations. The VA is prone to study things for years and years and years. And that's that's the way it looks like it's going to happen with this as well. So um, veterans need to um, let their voices be heard. And, you know, it's sad there, David, you're talking about Congress. I mean, we have members of Congress who served in, in armed forces and who more likely than not served uh, in Southwest Asia and is, is, is extremely familiar with these burn pits, you'd think that they would take the ball and run with it. But, it, you know, I just don't understand why not. Yeah, well... But it's sad. It's, it's, a, it's an issue that's not going to go away, and uh, there are organizations like Burn Pits 
360 and veteran warriors and other groups out there uh, whose mission is to raise awareness of this, to uh, provide support, and uh, to educate Congress and the VA about it. So it's good that the National Veteran Legal Services Program, that they've, they've uh, finally uh, come on board more with this Burn Pits Claims Assistance Program. Again, go to the website nvlsp.org. Um, NVLSP does a lot of, and has historically over the last 40 years, done a lot of great work, particularly in class action lawsuits. Um, they have they have a lot of resources themselves, but they also have the connections and the power to co-counsel with um, really well-resourced law firms in Washington, D.C., and that's how they get their stuff done. So, okay, Rick, uh before I get to the the next news item about military veterans advocacy, Bill of the Week program, anything, anything else? No, let's uh, go ahead and do that because we're we're getting close to the end of the show, and then we still right. got to do our coaching and the care. All right. Uh, another organization we've had on the show many times, John Wells Military Veterans Advocacy. They have a Bill of the Week project. If you go to their website, militaryveteransadvocacy.org, that's militaryveteransadvocacy. Org. And they've got a tab along the top of the page called Bill of the Week. And what they're talking about is legislation pending before the United States Congress. And they identified legislation there of interest to veterans and those on the service. Uh, and uh, you can go there. And they make it very simple for you. They give you the bill number. They give you a summary of the bill. And if you're inclined to contact your elected officials, which basically means your representative in the House of Representatives and your two U.S. senators, they give you a link you can click on, and then you have to fill in your name and address, zip code, et cetera. And, uh, and then you can send them a personal message indicating uh, your support and asking for their support of the bill. So they could not make it easier for all of you very busy people out there that, that want to support uh, veterans and uh your voice be heard. That's a great program. Again, go to the website, militaryveteransadvocacy.org, and look for the Bill of the Week tab at the top of the page. I've done I've done that, and uh, it works because I've gotten acknowledgement back from my representative and my senators in response. So, all right, back to you, Rick. Um, well, is, it, is it too, uh, I guess we can go into coaching into care. Yep, if you want. This, yeah. Um, when, we always like to end the show with this program uh, to, to tell you about this program because like everything else we've been talking about tonight, this is uh, a program that, that and at the ground level, the basic level, really affects our veterans and, you know, their, their ability to transition to home life. And, uh, David, you've, you've always talked about that. You know, you're a veteran as well. and. And that transitioning to home life can be extremely difficult. And, you know, veterans will turn to the VA for help and other sources for help. Uh, but the Coaching into care, into care program, this program helps veterans having difficulty transitioning to home life and, and the adjustments that they make. But the lo- your loved ones can help. Your family members can help. Uh, coaching into Care offers free coaching to help you help your veterans. Give the program a call. That number is one triple eight eight two three seven four five eight. Its hours are Monday through Friday, eight a.m. to eight p.m. Again, that number is 
to coaching in the care is one triple eight eight two three seven four five eight. So if you know your veterans having difficulty transitioning to home life, and you're you know they're not getting the help that they need through the VA and other sources, call that coaching in the care program because then you can step up and help your your veteran. Again, that number is one triple eight eight two three seven four five eight. And always, we like to talk about the uh, uh, remind our listeners about the suicide rate, which is a crisis uh, in this country. The VA has the Veterans Crisis Line. That number is 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Many veterans have committed suicide because they did not help get the help they needed. Help them get the care they need to cope with their problems. Once again, the Veterans Crisis Line number is 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Thank you, David. Well, it's about time for us to go this evening. I want to um, invite any uh, listeners who would like to be guests on our show or would like to be an advertiser or sponsor, please reach out to uh, Rick Hurley or myself. Our contact information is on our show's website, which is uh, bbsradio.com forward slash the Veterans News Hour. You can find our phone numbers and emails there. Reach out if you'd like to be a guest or you know someone you'd like to recommend being a guest. Or, an, or a topic you'd like us to cover, or if you'd like to be an advertiser or a sponsor, that would be greatly appreciated. I'd like to thank you all for listening to today's show, and like to thank our producer at BBS Radio, Mr. Doug Newsom. Hope you'll tune in next week, same time and station, which is 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Mountain, and 4 p.m. Pacific for the live edition of the Veterans News Hour here on bbsradio.com, station one. Until then, we hope you have a safe and healthy week, and uh, tune in next week. Thank you. Thank you, and good night. Thank you for listening to the Veterans News Hour with David Corey and Richard Hurley. We hope you found this week's program very informative. Be sure to invite your friends and all the veterans you know to tune in next week when we'll have another great show on veterans' issues. Meanwhile, you can listen to our other recorded episodes on the Veterans News Hour webpage on bbsradio.com. Thanks again for listening to the Veterans News Hour.